Hello and welcome to the Home Bible Study Podcast. And today we have a special treat. Um, We are deviating from our normal study in Hebrews so that we can do kind of a topical study. Now it's not something I normally do, but um, the request was made by some pretty influential people. So uh, it's my pleasure to accommodate um, the request. And the request that uh, that uh, the thing that we're going to study today is going to be uh, a subject that I think is very important and needed. And uh, there's a lot of information out there about this subject, but I wanted to kind of cut through a lot of the clutter and get to just the facts. And so without further ado, we're going to have a study about spiritual gifts. Now, if you know about spiritual gifts, if you've had instruction on that in the past, that's great. Then this will uh, hopefully reinforce the good things that you've already learned. But if it's something that you wanted to know about and there was some ambiguity or it wasn't very clear, then hopefully this study will help you in your study of spiritual gifts. So it's not an exhaustive study by any means, but still we're going to cover uh, these gifts and hopefully it'll be helpful. So with that said, let's get into the lesson. So there's the... The one place in scripture that I think is the most that has the most information in one place about spiritual gifts has to be in 1 Corinthians. So uh, it's pretty like on the nose in 1 Corinthians. I mean, that is what uh, the uh, at chapter 12 is, is speaking about. And the Apostle Paul goes into a lot of depth. Uh, about spiritual gifts and he lists them and so that's where we're going to start Uh, we're going to start our study in first corinthians chapter 12 Uh, and verse 1 it says now concerning spiritual gifts so there it is right there paul is going to teach on spiritual gifts now this is an important thing to know or paul wouldn't have spent this much time and effort in sharing it with these Corinthian believers. And you have to understand a little history about the Corinthians. They were probably what you would call the most carnal group of believers that we have a record of. Uh, Just because of their background, their culture, uh, there's a lot of things that were going on. It was like the Las Vegas of, uh, of their time. And so they lived in the midst of a lot of things that were going on that was very carnal and fleshly. And so they needed to understand spiritual gifts, not only that they exist, but also how and the purpose of these gifts so that they could exercise amongst themselves these gifts properly. And we need the same thing. Spiritual gifts, I think, are one of the greatest blessings that we know so little about. And the more we learn about these gifts, the more we're going to understand the grace and kindness of the Lord Jesus and what he's done on our behalf. So we're going to jump right in here. First um, Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll bounce around a little bit because this is going to be kind of a, a topical type study, but I'll try to make reference to scripture as much as possible. So first Corinthians chapter 12, it says now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, 
I think it's, a, it's very important to understand that he starts off with brethren because spiritual gifts are for spiritual people and not everyone has spiritual gifts, only the brethren. And he says, I would not have you ignorant. So that means there's a potential or possibility for ignorance regarding this subject. And he's like, I don't want you to be ignorant. Um, and they clearly were ignorant. And so just like with anything in scripture, there's an opportunity for ignorance. And we have to, and ignorant is not a, a bad word. It just means it's something you don't know or understand. And there's a lot of things that we don't know or understand. And that's why the Lord has given us God, the Holy Spirit. He's given us the word and he's given us these spiritual gifts to help us in understanding in this life that we're to live for him. So you can believe that, you know, there was ignorance then and there's a lot of ignorance associated with the subject today. But it's not because we don't have instruction. We have a lot of instruction. Um, and it's just a responsibility for us to do the work to go and to to uh, find this instruction and to you know look to the Lord Jesus to show us and guide us in this. And that's what we're going to do today. So I'm going to do an overview of spiritual gifts, but like I say, it won't be an exhaustive study. So there'll be plenty of room for uh, you to go and study and to probably learn even more things. So first off, let's look at uh, what the definition of a spiritual gift. So spiritual gifts are uh, manifestations of uh, the indwelling of God, the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts have existed from the beginning of time, you know, ever since God created man and people think, well, spiritual gifts are just a part of the church age, but that's not true. God has been um, manifesting spiritual gifts for as long as man has been on the earth. So spiritual gifts are special abilities given to God's people to be used to perpetuate his purpose, testify to his truth, or establish and comfort, exhort his people. That's what spiritual gifts are. They're special abilities given to God's people to be used to perpetuate his purpose, to testify to his truth, or to establish, comfort, exhort his people. So this goes back as far as Adam. And I want to bring up Adam because uh, I said that these gifts have existed before the church age. And I'm going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about Adam a little bit, because this whole study of spiritual gifts brought out an interesting thing that I really ne never gave a lot of um, thought to. So Adam, prior to the fall, was able to interact with God. And we know that God is spirit, right? Um, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And it says that God would walk into the garden and he would interact with Adam. They had conversations, they had interactions. Um, uh, God gave Adam the task of naming all the animals. And so they had this relationship. So how is that possible if God is spirit and Adam is flesh and blood? Well, it would suggest that prior to the fall, Adam 
had a, an ability, a spiritual access to God. There's a spiritual part of Adam that existed that allowed him to have this interaction with God. And after the fall, he lost that. So we only get to see really the, the consequences of losing that spiritual access um, uh, once he and Eve fell into sin and they tried to cover themselves with uh, fig leaves. And when God came, they hid from God. Remember? When he, they heard him in the garden, they were afraid of him. They hid from him because they had lost that spiritual connection that was there, that ability to interact on a spiritual level, and they were left just with their flesh. And the only thing that the flesh can perpetuate when God's presence is there is judgment. You know, the flesh demands to be judged and punished. And so they knew that, and that's why they were afraid and they hid from God. So, so that suggests that prior to the fall, there was Adam had a spiritual component to him that allowed him to interact with God. But the interesting thing is beyond just that spiritual part of Adam that uh, and Eve that they lost uh, once after the fall. Uh, the interesting thing is that we see just the opposite happening when the Lord Jesus came. He didn't come to earth as a spiritual being. He had to come in the form of man. He had to be born of flesh, of a woman, so that he could repair the separation that happened in the garden. So we went from Adam being spiritual, losing that spiritual connection, and becoming flesh, separation from God. And everything that God did from Adam all the way up to when he was born uh, of a woman of Mary was to repair that that break. That's all that God has been doing throughout time is, is to repair that, that break that happened. And so that the Lord Jesus took upon flesh. Why? Because we're flesh. And we cannot interact with a spiritual being being flesh. So God took upon flesh so that he could deliver us. Very interesting when you think about it. So, um, Enough about that. Let's get into the spiritual gifts. Uh, but I thought that was very interesting. Um, uh, something to think about. So what I mentioned that spiritual gifts have existed uh, throughout time and uh, in the Old Testament uh, before the church age. And I'm sure that raised a few eyes because most people don't think about that. But it's true. And to um, establish that, I've chosen just a few scriptures uh, Exodus 31 2. Uh, this is where the ark and the tabernacle was being built. And God chose a, a gentleman by the name of Bezalel to be able to fashion the articles associated with the tabernacle. And he gave him a special ability. Well, what was that special ability? Well, Bezalel was already probably had a, a talent for being able to make things, but God gave him this special ability to be able to, that was beyond just his physical talent. In Exodus 31, two, it says, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, 
the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And he called him and gave him this special ability. Well, how did he give him that ability? Where did it come from? It came from God, the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, God, the Holy Spirit would come upon people, allow them to accomplish something special and then leave. We in this new covenant have the permanent indwelling of God, the Holy Spirit. And that's like in Hebrews, it says we have better things. That's part of the better things that are part of the new covenant. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon these people. They would do whatever there was need to be done. And then the Holy Spirit would leave. So there was this constant uh, kind of going up and back down, kind of like with Adam. You know, he was up high on a high spiritual plane, able to fellowship and interact with God. And then after sin, he fell. So these people, they would uh, be, come from that fallen condition. The Holy Spirit would come upon them and give them a special ability. And then they would go back to that fallen place. So we are truly blessed in that we have God, the Holy Spirit with us at all times. And we should value that far more than we do. And if we did value that, we would be obedient to the exhortation that Paul gave, uh, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. We should be in a constant state of joy in spite of whatever is going on because we have that indwelling of God, the Holy Spirit. Well, what robs us of that joy? Sin. Sin is the only thing that quenches that joy and quenches the ministry of God, the Holy Spirit. So we need to be very conscious of that and keep our eyes on the Lord. So what's another example of Old Testament spiritual gifts? Well, in Judges, we look at Samson, how he had great strength. And that strength came and was tied to this Nazarite vow that he had taken. And it was a spiritual uh, type of blessing. It was beyond normal strength. It was, um, you know, it's hard to describe when you see the feats that he was able to do the level of strength that he must have had. Uh, it's just hard to even imagine, but it came, that was a gift, um, a gift of the spirit of God, the Holy spirit. And then once he disobeyed or, uh, broke that Nazarite vow by, um, his hair being cut, then he lost his strength because he lost that connection and access to God, the Holy Spirit, just like we do whenever we fall into sin. So God had those stories, these accounts to be recorded for a reason. It was for our benefit so that we can learn things, things like like this. Then there was Elijah. You know, he was able to raise the widow's son. All of these things that were done, they were miraculous, but they were done by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. So we see in the past, uh, there has been spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts have existed. It's just that God has given gifts for each economy, for a purpose, for a reason, for a testimony. So spiritual gifts, gifts have always been a part of the witness of God. That is the purpose of these gifts because we are given them uh, as a testimony to the power and presence of God. And we have to remember that. If we remember that, then we'll understand how to properly use the gifts that he's given us. So we're going to focus on the manifestation of the gifts that are 
church age gifts, right? Because that's where we're studying out of in first Corinthians. This was the church age. So that's where we're going to uh, focus on because that's where we are. That's the, that's the manifestation of the gifts that we have access to now. And so we need to learn and know about those gifts so that we can exercise them properly. So spiritual gifts come from the indwelling ministry of God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus prayed to the Father that all believers, once uh, that it's revealed to them that they are the elect unto salvation, that they would receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was an active ministry uh, to the church age saints. Um, he has taken the place of the Lord Jesus. So the Lord Jesus had a physical active ministry. Then after his death, burial, and resurrection, he went off into heaven and was exalted to sit next at the right hand of the Father, to be exalted through the heavens. But he didn't leave us without a comforter. So the Holy Spirit has taken that place of the Lord Jesus. If you think about it, Jesus was here. You could see him. You could touch him. As John said, we handled him. Um, you could hear him talk and give instruction. Well, then he left. But but he loves us so much that he did not want to leave us without a comforter. He understood that. He understood that what we would be going through, the kind of life that we would be expected to live and the adversity of the world, the flesh and the devil and all the things that would come against us. And out of his sheer love and grace, he gave us God, the Holy Spirit. Because he did not want to leave us here alone. Um, he didn't want to leave us to ourselves, but he gave us a comforter. John 14, 26. So one of the many things the Holy Spirit does for us is to give us very particular gifts to be used in our own growth and the growth in ministry to others. So here's the purpose in the of the use of spiritual gifts. They are for our own growth and for the growth in ministry to others. That's something to remember. That'll help you kind of understand how and when to exercise these gifts. So these gifts minister to the children of God. That's why we have them. The, the Lord has given us these gifts so that we can minister to the children of God. So spiritual gifts are used solely to minister to other believers. Um, spiritual gifts don't have the same effect or ministry to unsaved people because they are not spiritual. You have to be a spiritual being and have God, the Holy Spirit indwelling you to be able to appreciate, receive, respond, and benefit from spiritual gifts, right? That's what's so important. To remember, so spiritual gifts are a unique gifts that are given to the body of believers. Um, it's critical that all believers identify what their gift or gifts are that they possess. It's so important because it helps you in a lot of different ways and it helps the body. So all believers have at least one gift. Some believers have multiple gifts, but all believers have at least one. So it's important to identify what that those gifts are. The gifts we have testify 
to us of our salvation, right? He says that his spirit testifies to our spirit that we are the children of God. So the gifts that we have testify to us of our salvation and they guide us into the purpose of our Christian lives. So you are you having a concern about, well, what is my purpose? What is it that the Lord wants me to do in this life? So we come to those uh, points a lot in our lives. It's just part of growing. Like, okay, now I'm here. I was there. Now I'm here. What is it that the Lord wants me to do? And we should always be looking to him and asking that question and always ask for guidance constantly. And he will guide you. I mean, he says he's a lamp to our feet. And the word of God is how he speaks to us and how he guides us. So if he has you to be listening to this lesson now, studying his word, that's where he speaks to you. That's where he speaks into your life. So that's why we have to spend so much time in the word. The more time we spend in the word and in study, the more sure of our path and purpose is going to be. Right. So there's a role of these gifts that help us to find that purpose and to walk in that purpose. So our gifts and identifying them reveal the path or the race that God has set us upon. That's Hebrews 12, one. It says we've been set up on a race, you know, and everybody has their own um, race to run. And how do you know, you know, which direction to go? How do you know at what pace to go? How do you know, what you should be doing as you run. Well, all of that is revealed in the word and your spiritual gifts play an integral part in helping you to identify what that path is and clarify when there's multiple options, your spiritual gifts will lead you down the direction that you should go. So the beginning of the church age occurred at the day of Pentecost, that's Acts chapter two. When the apostles were filled with the spirit and 3,000 Jewish men were saved, and they spoke in known tongues or languages, but in unique dialects. So they start speaking in tongues, and that was one of the sign gifts that um, that uh, Peter referred to from the prophet Joel. That you know God would pour the Spirit upon them, and they would prophesy, and that was a sign gift. Now, that was not the complete fulfillment of that. Uh, verse in Joel, but Peter said it's like that. So he was making a reference to it. And so that's what happened. These people started speaking and it wasn't gibberish. They were speaking known languages, you know, uh, languages to use languages of our day. Somebody would be speaking Spanish. Somebody would speak French. Another person would speak German. Another person would speak Russian. And the unique thing about it is they weren't just speaking these languages. One person would speak Spanish in the dialect of Mexico. The other would speak Spanish in the dialect of Colombia, right? And if you've heard a Colombian talk versus someone from Mexico versus someone from Cuba, the dialect is very different. And so that's what was so amazing is it wasn't just different languages. It was in different dialects. So that's the miracle that happened there. That was a gift of the spirit. That was a spiritual gift that was given to help establish uh, these people on the day of Pentecost. So the apostles 
which is a title or a role. A lot of people think, well, you have the gift of apostle. Well, an apostle is a title or a role, not a gift. Uh, they had special gifts that were associated with that title and that role, right? Because they had a very special role in the foundation of the church. They were the representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ in a way like no one else was. They were with him. Uh, he prepared them for this ministry and he gave them special gifts to establish that all that they were saying was of God. Because you can imagine when they went and said, hey, the Lord Jesus, the one that was crucified and was resurrected to life, he's God. Well, people are not going to believe that, right? They're like, whatever, that's not true. To establish the truth of that, to establish the fact that they were sent from him, they were given these special gifts to attest to the power that of God that was given to them to testify to the truth of what they were saying. And it was very effective. Millions and millions of people, people were saved during the time of the apostles. Millions of people. Like the church has not ever existed like it existed back then. Just millions of people. The whole world uh, was set on end by the uh, the Christians that were being saved and, and ministering and testifying to the truth. So these gifts play a very special role. And these gifts that the apostles had were to testify to the new covenant or the church age because something new has happened. The new, a new covenant, a new manifestation and relationship with God and man. And the apostles were giving gifts so that they would be able to um, testify to that and the witness. So they had very special spiritual gifts, uh, like gifts of healing. Acts chapter three, verse six, where Peter, Peter uh, heals the lame man. And the fact that that man leaped was significant because that refers to uh, scripture, an Old Testament scripture. So um, these things were given to testify to the truth of what they're saying. So healing was one of those gifts, uh, the gift of tongues that we've already talked about, how that, you know, they would go into a, um, a place, a church, an assembly, and someone would be able to start automatically witnessing in a different tongue, a language that they didn't know before. And so that was to testify to the fact that what they were saying was from God. Now, the uh, Paul said that if there's not someone there to interpret what you're saying, if you start speaking Spanish and there's no one there to speak Spanish, then you don't edify anybody else in the church. You just edify yourself because you're the only one that knows what you're saying. So he says you shouldn't do that. Only do it if there's someone to interpret so everybody can benefit from what God is saying through you. So that's basically what tongues were. That was the purpose of the gift of tongues. It was a manifestation or a spiritual gift that was given to the church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says uh, that some gifts are temporary and left with the apostles, right? That verse tells us that you know, some of those gifts of healing and tongues and some of those extraordinary gifts that were used to establish the truth of the church. Well, the church has been established. The truth of God has been established. Um, and those gifts were really for that majority Jewish population that started it. 
And as the, as we went off into the Gentiles and things started growing and there was millions and millions of believers, we didn't need those sign gifts. Uh, we only needed people to testify to the truth of the gospel message. And there was millions of people to testify. So some of these gifts associated were with the apostles were sign gifts is what we like to call them. And they were temporary, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 8. And they left with the apostles. When the apostles went away, they went away. It says prophecies, tongues uh, are mentioned specifically. Um, healing is also one of those that's gone. Like a lot of people like to say, well, you know, have the power to heal and from God. And, you know, I don't have never seen evidence of somebody with uh, the power of healing. So there's a lot of people that make that claim, but. There's really no evidence of that. Um, healing is one of those things that's gone. Now, God can heal anyone miraculously. He can do that at any time. But as a spiritual gift, um, it was an instrument to establish a church. But now you should just go to your doctor and pray and pray for your doctor to have wisdom to be able to diagnose you. So uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So this tells us the purpose of spiritual gifts, that each believer, each one is given a manifestation. So what does that mean? A manifestation is something that you can see. It's something that you can experience. Um, so each one of us who are believers have a manifestation of God, the Holy Spirit in the form of these gifts. And that, that's, that's the purpose. And it's for, it says, a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for the building up of the body, because we are one body. You know, all believers are one in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you may be um, in a Russia right now, or you may be in Spain or India. You and I exist in the same body of Christ. In spite of the distance between us, we are connected by the Lord Jesus Christ. And these gifts allow us to build each other up. They allow us to strengthen one another for the battle, right? Uh, and that's the purpose of these gifts. And 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says there are different gifts, different varieties of gifts. So there's different manifestations. So there's not just, you know, one gift that fits all. Every person, every believer has different gifts. And God has a purpose for that because uh, we are a diverse group of people. We have diverse needs and these gifts minister to the diverse needs of the body. Um, these are the fruit of the spirit manifestations like um and i liken it to um in revelations it talks about that tree that's in new jerusalem and it it's a tree that has 12 different fruit on one tree and that's kind of the way that spiritual gifts work we have multiple gifts in one body so one individual could have a number of gifts that could be used for the purpose of building up the uh, the body of believers. And I think that tree 
and that it has those 12 different fruit on one tree. And what does it say the trees are used for? It's for the healing of the nations. So this principle is something that is going to continue even into eternity. This principle of having this variety of fruit that manifests that minister to um, multiple people in different ways. So I just thought that was very interesting. So how do we know our purpose in relation to these gifts? I mentioned how that these gifts will help you understand what your purpose is. Well, in Romans 12, 6, it says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. So we know that we have different uh, gifts according to the grace that's given us. So the fact that we have these gifts in the first place is a manifestation of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so these are gifts that are given to us out of his kindness, his love, his mercy, so that we can encourage and build one another up, that we can be strong in him and we can stand. And each of us uh, has been given this grace, those of us who are saved, and we're to exercise them accordingly. So that means that we have a responsibility to use these gifts uh, for the purpose of glorifying him. Right. So we have that responsibility. One of those gifts. Let's talk about what these gifts are. I talked a lot about what the gifts purpose are, how they help us, how they give us direction uh, and our responsibility, the history of the gifts and how that, you know, God is always giving gifts to his people. But let's talk about what the gifts are. Let's look at some of the gifts and talk about what, what they are and how they're to be used in the lives of believers. And I think that'll help us get a better understanding uh, individually of what it is. Once we identify our gifts individually, we'll know uh, how those gifts can help us find our purpose. So the first one we're going to look at is prophecy. So the gift of prophecy is a gift that I believe is still around. It's not, there's still people who manifest this gift. Uh, it's something that is available to the believers. And you, you're going to find out that a lot of these gifts, every believer is going to sh be able to have some degree or aspect of the gift. But when it's a spiritual gift that you've been given to exercise, God gives it in an extra measure right? He gives it to that individual in an extra measure and they're able to manifest that gift in a way that's integral to who they are as a Christian and their life and their purpose. So prophecy means to be able to speak under inspiration. That's what prophecy is. People think of prophecy, oh, it's telling the future. It's not necessarily telling the future. It's being able to speak things associated with the word of God. And let's keep in mind that all these gifts are operated within the spectrum of the word of God and in the ministry and the life of a believer. No one outside of that realm can manifest these gifts or have them or be able to appreciate or respond to them in the same way. Only those people who are inside the body of Christ are able to enjoy uh, these, the manifestation of these gifts. Uh, on the highest level. And, and that's just, uh, that's because you have to be 
uh, saved. You have to have the indwelling of God, the Holy Spirit, and be made alive and be a spiritual being to be able to uh, enjoy and interact with these things. So prophecy means to, to speak under the inspiration. So this is uh, a simple way to describe this is like sharing the future plans and purpose of God as it's revealed in his word. So you study prophecy, you can, you, God will give people who have this gift are able to see prophecy. When they study, the Lord leads them to prophecy. That's somewhere that he takes them in their study. And it's almost like the prophecies jump off the page, right? They come, they jump right out of the scripture and they're like, wow. And then they're able to see how that prophecy fits into current events. They're able to see how things are, are going to go, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now based on what's revealed in the word of God. That's this gift. And you'll find that people who have this gift often talk about future things and they're able to tie in what's happening right now to what's in the future. And there's a lot of people that are like, well, you know, I never even saw that. Well, it's not because you can't see it or it's not available to you. It's just that people with the gift of prophecy um, are able to do that as part of their kind of everyday lives as a Christian. So so that's that's what I'm saying. You know, all believers can know prophecy. It's there. It's in the word of God for you. But there are some that are given this special portion and they're the ones that we should be thankful for. And, and praise the Lord for it because they help us to see uh, how the prophecy of Daniel and uh, Revelation and um, the different things that are uh, about the rapture and the the church age and, you know, the 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 plan and purpose that God has for the nation Israel. All of these things fit together and they're able to present them in a way that everyone can understand. They have this gift of prophecy. Praise the Lord for those and for them being faithful to use that gift to build up the church. I know I've benefited from, from uh, that gift. So any believer can manifest this gift in witnessing and encouraging instruction, instructing other believers. But no woman should do this in a formal or informal setting as a teacher, right? Now, does that mean that a woman can't have the gift of prophecy? No, of course a woman can't. But God has set that prerequisite that a woman is not to teach in a, uh, at, in a you know, a formal, informal setting as a teacher because there's a susceptibility that's referred to in that Eve was deceived and not Adam. So there's a susceptibility to deception that could come in and it's a protection to the woman so that she will not be deceived because she won't even know it, that she's been deceived. And a lot of men take advantage of that aspect of the, the, uh, of a woman and they deceive them and they, women get very embittered because of it. So it exists. It's something that exists that we have to recognize and God is protecting, um, believers from that. And so, uh, can a woman have that gift? Yes. And, uh, but the way that it's exercised should be done within the context of scripture. So, uh, any man, woman, or even a child can have this gift. If you're indwelled by God, the Holy spirit, this gift can manifest. So it's not, 
Uh, it has nothing to do with your gender, your age. It only has to do with the manifestation of that gift. Uh, and if it's needed and it's needed in the body, then God will uh, have that gift to be manif manifested. So it's very important to understand what prophecy is. It's to speak uh, under the influence or the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit. So next we're going to look at wisdom. Wisdom is associated with, it's kind of different. There's a lot of things in scripture, a lot of verses that talk about what wisdom is, the value of wisdom, um, how important wisdom is in our lives. And when you're around wisdom and you've benefited from wisdom, from the wisdom of others, then you can appreciate wisdom. But until you're around wisdom and you and you can see the difference between you know, not having wisdom and making decisions and acting and then having wisdom and making decisions, you can see it's like night and day. And so people who have this gift, they have, like I said, a double portion and you can almost feel it when you're around them. You know, there's a um, there's a calmness, there's a kind of a peace, there's an understanding that that uh, comes with this gift of wisdom. And even in how they explain things, how they're able to take complex uh, things and make them to uh, be understandable. Um, they take these complex things of the word, these uh, all the, the many accounts that we have, and they're able to take those and help you, help us to apply them in a way in our lives that we're like, wow, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's this gift being exercised and you can see it and you can see the difference. And that's something that uh, comes from God, the Holy Spirit. And this is not just a wisdom like the world's wisdom. You know, that wisdom won't get you anywhere. Again, all of these gifts are manifested from God, the Holy Spirit. So this is the wisdom of God. So knowledge is the is facts and information. That's what knowledge is. We go to school and college. They give us a lot of knowledge. Uh, they give us facts. They give us information. Wisdom is being able to apply that knowledge in the light of scripture. Okay. That's the difference between wisdom. So having a bunch of facts and knowledge is great. You know, you're a knowledgeable person, but being able to apply that knowledge in the light of scripture, that's wisdom. And that's what this gift is. It's closely related, I think, to maturity. You know, most of the time people who are wise or have wisdom, they manifest a certain spiritual maturity. And it's, it has nothing to do with your age. It has everything to do with this, this wisdom that God uh, gives. Because he says in the scripture, you know, that word makes me smarter than all my teachers. And why is that? Because his teachers, they have information but the word of God teaches us to be wise and how to uh, obey God. And through obedience, we, we, we gain wisdom. So this, this spiritual gift of wisdom is a special manifestation of that, that I think can be seen, can be felt, and will benefit the body of those who are around people who have wisdom. So then we see an, another spiritual gift. It's the word of knowledge. So what is this word of knowledge? So this is the gift of, like it says, knowledge, knowledge of things, uh, science, um, 
anything that any kind of knowledge you can have, but in relationship to scripture. So you could take a person who has a PhD in physics and you compare them to another person who has a PhD in physics, but is a believer. And if you ask them to uh, share that knowledge with, with you, you'll find that believers have the ability to take that knowledge and apply it in a way in relationship to scripture and relationship to God and relationship to his purpose and plan for man and take that knowledge and apply it correctly, right? One man who's unsaved may say, you know, I don't know, there may be aliens and I think I should apply that knowledge to trying to find out if they're aliens or I'm gonna apply that knowledge to becoming wealthy and build a colony on Mars. That's that You have to have a lot of knowledge to be able to do that. But the kind of knowledge, the word of knowledge that is spoken of here, this gift uh, makes you to see that um, the knowledge comes from God, that all of these things that we're learning in the physical universe were created by his fingertips, that and, and that person that has this word of knowledge is going to associate the knowledge with its source, with God, with the Lord Jesus. And that person is going to have access to a greater level of understanding. And that understanding is going to benefit uh, all mankind, but especially it's going to benefit believers. And we need that. We need people who have that kind of understanding of, of these things so that we don't get uh, deceived into, you know, following somebody's uh, theory that leads us away from God. This word of knowledge will always point back to God. It would all this person with this this kind of um, gift, and the person that comes to mind, the most famous person I could think of that I believe was blessed with this word of knowledge, Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton, and I mean, he's his four fundamental laws are still in place. Uh, there's still the things that he discovered are still a part of, you know, our society and science and modern day physics. And, and, and I believe it's because he was a believer and he was able to take this knowledge and apply it um, in a way that no one else was able to apply it before. And it opened up a whole new um, avenue of science and understanding. So the word of knowledge, that's, that's a spiritual gift. So next let's look at faith. Faith is listed as a spiritual gift. Now, faith is something that everybody has, you know, people, when it's, the Bible says that once you're saved, you're given faith. Well, what is faith? Well, I have a, um, a good understanding right now of faith because we've been studying in Hebrews and we've learned a lot of things about the aspects of faith and uh, the many facets of faith and how faith is used in our lives to to make us to grow and to draw us closer to the Lord Jesus. But faith as a gift is the ability, the divine ability to believe God. That's what faith is. Faith as a spiritual gift someone's characteristic that who has it, the characteristic of their life will be a belief. They're that believer or those believers that you see and they seem like nothing ever faces them. They're rejoicing all the time. 
they seem to always be uh, encouraged and built up and, and standing. And you're just amazed, you know, at the things that they do. They, they do things for God without thinking twice. They just do them. You know, and whereas you're like, whoa, you know, that just seems so courageous. Well, they have this gift of faith. They have this belief, this gift of belief in double portion. Um, So everybody has a measure of faith. We all have that, right? And the Lord Jesus said we only need to have the faith the size of a mustard seed. We can move them out. So it's not so much how much faith you have, but how much you rely upon that faith. That's what, that's the key. And these people walk by faith. Their testimony, their life speaks of faith, you know, without them having to say a word. This is what you call, what we will call an extraordinary manifestation of faith. That's this gift. And it's so needed because it encourages those of us who have such little faith and we see that and we know that there's no excuse. We're like, well, if they can trust the Lord like that, why can't I? You know, that's that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And so it encourages us when we're around those people. It encourages our faith. Those with this gift carry loads that make you stand in awe. You know, they simply believe God in a way that defies fear defies the flesh, and they trust him completely. If I had to think of an individual who I believe manifested this gift, it would be John the Baptist. Uh, His life spoke of faith, of trust, utter commitment and belief to the word of God. And um, I believe that he definitely manifested this gift. So let's look at the next one. Spiritual discernment is listed. So Paul says spiritual discernment. So what is this spiritual discernment? So this is very close, I believe, to knowledge and wisdom. And you're going to find that a lot of these gifts overlap. They are intertwined with one another. And that's because that's how we're supposed to be as believers, as we're supposed to be intertwined Uh, one body functioning together as a whole. And these gifts are our lifeblood. They are what give us the power to um, live this Christian life and to um, glorify God in this life. So this spiritual discernment, I think, is very close to knowledge and wisdom, but it differs in that this gift allows those with it to see qualities in others to judge or discern things in the right way, to put together facts in the context of scripture and make clear delineation between spiritual things. These people that have this gift are able to cut through all the noise and get to the crust of a matter in a spiritual way. And they're able to discern between What's good, what's not good, what's spiritually good and what's spiritually not good. And they're able to see it and they can hear it. They can they can see it in people's lives. They can hear it in pe- the way people talk and things that they say. And they're able to pick up on clues to know 
if a person is spiritually where they should be or they're spiritually where they're not. Now, this is something if a, in, a, in a relationship, a husband and a wife in that intimate relationship, they know each other like this, right? That's the goal, to have that kind of knowledge of one another so that you're sensitive enough to know when something's off with your partner. Well, these people with this spiritual discernment, they have that ability with other believers. They can sense things about that believer and about their what's happening with them, whether it be good or bad, and make a make a you know good uh, judgment or have this spiritual discernment to be able to notice these things. And by using this gift, they're able to minister uh, as needed and uh, pray for that person or uh, for that church or uh, for that whatever that uh, that they've seen and and go to the Lord and ask him to show them you know what is what do they need to do with that information but they have this spiritual discernment and they're able to see things and when you talk to them and they kind of break it down to you you're like hmm I never even noticed that well that's because they have this gift and we need people with that gift to be able to share and uh, fellowship with so that we can grow and we can be protected. It's a, it's a protection for the believer. So the next gift we're going to look at is the gift of pastor, which pastor, teacher, those are gifts. Uh, usually a pastor is going to have the gift of teaching, but you can have the gift of teaching and not have the gift of pastor. So um, pastors, they need extra gifts. They need all of these gifts actually to be able to minister to the flock that they've been given. And they have a very special role. Uh, the gift of pastor is a calling. It's a gift. It's not something you take upon yourself. It's something that God calls you to. And it's the one, I think, one of the highest uh, positions that you can be called to next to an apostle, right? Since apostles don't exist anymore, now we have pastors. And if you look in uh, uh, Revelation, uh, in those letters to the churches, uh, God said, I'm going to remove your lampstand. And the message was to the to the ones at the lampstand. So, so those are the pastors, the leaders, the ones who bring light, the ones who illuminate the dark. And they have such an um, enormous task and they have to have the spiritual gift to be able to, to do this. So this gift of being a shepherd over the flock of God is, is to my opinion, one of the greatest uh, ministries, the greatest needs and gifts that we, we, we have is this those who are blessed with the gift of pastor. This is to me the highest gift that remains, like I said, in the church age. Uh, and those with this gift, and it's always men, will represent the Lord Jesus to care for the needs of his most beloved possession. And that's his church. These men have been called to care for the most precious commodity that God has. And that's his church, his people. And so it's a, it's a great and wonderful gift. And we should always pray for people, for pastors. We have to pray for them because they are under constant attack. They are susceptible to uh, all kinds of uh, 
problems and issues and they're carrying the weight of other believers needs and uh, they have a gift for that and uh, but we still need to pray for them it's very important because I I know in my personally in my life I've benefited from having um, a pastor with a gift of pastor and um, I am probably uh, I know for sure that I wouldn't be the believer that I am today if it was not for the work and the effort and that this pastor put into ministering and to um, manifesting this gift. So, so important to uh, the body. Uh, so be sure to pray for those who have this gift of pastor. Uh, John 10, 11, um, I think is a good description of pastors in their ministry. Uh, the Lord Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And pastors certainly do that. Pastors with this gift, they sacrifice everything for this gift to manifest uh, and to carry out the responsibility of a pastor. And that's how you know that they're a good shepherd. Um, Next, we're going to look at the gift of teacher. So like I said, usually pastors have multiple gifts because they need multiple gifts, but also uh, so you can have be a pastor and a teacher, but you don't you can also be a teacher and not be a pastor. Now, this is a gift. Uh, the only one uh, that I know for sure that I have is a gift of teaching. Now, this gift is to be able to take knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, and all of that and explain it. That's what this gift is. And God has given this gift to men to be teachers because he knows his word is living. And um, I could teach out of um, the, let's say, Genesis for my entire life, and I wouldn't teach the same lesson twice because the Word of God is living. And as we grow, we're able to take on more of His truth. We're able to see more of His truth. That's why when you you can study something once, uh, then go back to it and study it again and see all new things because uh, the Word of God hasn't changed. You have. That's what the word of God does. It changes us. It makes us to grow. It expands our ability to receive and God continues to pour in till it's overflowing. So the gift of teacher is a gift to be able to take knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, and explain it Um, to all ages, you know, to a man or women, whatever this gift of teaching allows you to be able to teach everyone wherever they are, in life, whatever level of growth, maturity they are in their walk, this gift of teaching allows you to teach and explain and to minister to the body. And it just amazes me how that the Lord is able to use uh, people like myself to do that. But that's what he does. And it's definitely a gift. Um, It's not something that um, I've worked for or done anything to earn. Uh, It's just something that he has uh, blessed me with and I find great joy in teaching. And that's what I mentioned. I talked about how you can find your purpose. When you have a gift and you're manifesting a gift, let's say it's the gift of pastor, you're not going to be happy or you're not going to have any joy unless you're manifesting that gift. You can't do anything other than that 
because that is part of who you are. You're spiritually called to that purpose. And the same thing with teaching. Like, uh, if I'm not teaching, then um, I can't find any joy. I love to teach. I love to study the word. And God is giving me that passion and desire because he has this functionality for me. And there's another thing about spiritual gifts when identifying them. You'll notice that the gift that you need the most or gifts you need the most, those will be the ones that you have. Because I love to be taught. I, I need to be under the ministry of the word at all times. And so the Lord has given me this gift so that I can minister to myself as well as to others in the body. So that's a good way to identify your gift or gifts and how that the gifts can help you understand your purpose. The reason I have this podcast is because of this gift and I needed an opportunity to be able to to utilize and share this gift more and the Lord opened up that opportunity. So it's very important to understand. Now, having the gift of teaching doesn't apply to me being a teacher in a secular realm as a professor or in a school. Uh, that's not the same. You, you can be a very good teacher in any one of those places, but this is teaching the word of God in the context of scripture and spiritual things and for other believers. And that's the purpose of the gift to build us up. Another gift that he mentions, exhortation. So what does that mean to exhort someone? Well, the word, uh, I'm not going to attempt to say the word. Well, I'll try as parallelego, something like that. I'm not really good at speaking Greek, but it means to run alongside. It's where we get the word parallel from, like parallelogram. So it means to run alongside. And the picture is of someone in a marathon running a race and somebody running alongside them to give them water, to encourage them, to keep them from stumbling. That's the picture. And that's what this gift is. It's the ability to encourage, to build up, to exhort, to encourage one another, to strengthen one another. That's what this gift is. And people who have this gift, that's what they do. And you'll notice when you're around people like that, your whole demeanor will change. When you're around people like that, you'll find, you know, you'll come into, let's say you're coming to a service or coming to church and you're like tired and you're beat down by the things that have been going on in the week. But, you know, you made it and you're looking for a blessing. You get around these people and your whole perspective changes because they have this gift and they started witnessing and ministering and praising the Lord Jesus. And they're often praising him and they're encouraging other people to do the same. And. Uh, they encourage you from the word and they direct you and give you insight into why all this thing, all this stuff is happening to you in your life. And it encourages you. You're like, you know what? I can keep going. People with this gift, that's what they do. They run alongside and they strengthen you in their spirit, in your spirit. And that's what they do. And, and they also strengthen themselves because remember the gifts you have are the gifts that you need. So they're able to strengthen and encourage themselves as well. That's the beauty of these gifts is that they're, we use them to minister to our brethren and they also minister to us. So it's a wonderful thing and it's why we need to identify our gifts. Another gift of the Spirit, and there's a lot of these, aren't there, is uh, service or help. Um, 
This is something that a lot of people take for granted. And they think, well, I don't know what my gift is, so it must be helps. And they almost uh, belittle this gift. But this is one I think is um, that the Lord Jesus loves, right? I think he loves the manifestation of this gift in people in a special way. So people with this gift feel compelled to offer help. You know, they always want to help others as a ministry, other believers. They want to make themselves available to help in any way they can. And they're always trying to find ways to minister to other believers. And it's not always verbally. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of times it's by service, acts of service. They'll they'll do things uh, and go out of their way to do special things to that they know will be meaningful to that believer. Uh you know, if it's mowing their lawn or uh, picking out a certain book from an author that they heard that believer talking about that they know that they really like. and But they do these acts of service that minister to the body. And they're often unseen in the background. There's, you know, there's not a lot said about these acts of service. People don't point and say, hey, you know, brother, sister, and so-and-so did this. Thank you. Usually these acts of service go on for years without even being recognized. But the Lord Jesus recognizes these things. And I feel like that they're special to him because Jesus would often seek out opportunities to minister to people this way. He would always care for not only their spiritual needs, but also their physical needs. If it's feeding 5,000 or if it's, uh, you know, giving sight to a blind person. He would do these things as a service. And and I believe that he exemplified this gift in his ministry, the ultimate um, service in, you know, his death, burial and his resurrection, his death on the cross and his resurrection. And now he ever lives to serve us. So this is a very important gift. He serves as our high priest when we're, uh, stumble, we fall into sin, we can go to him as our high priest to cleanse us of, of every sin. And it, it's and we're cleansed. It's a way and we can serve him. We're in the right relationship again and we can, the, the fellowship is restored. And he has taken on this service to us who are believers for eternity. So I believe this, this gift of service, if you... <laughs> If that's something that's your gift, then it's precious in his sight and it's valuable to the body. So <clears throat> I know this is a lot. We went over a lot of gifts and a lot of information. I said this wasn't exhaustive and it's not. There's a lot more information, a lot more things that we can learn about, <coughs> excuse me, spiritual gifts. So how do you identify your gift or gifts? Well, you're going to discover your gifts through service, serving the Lord Jesus um, ministering to the body of believers, ministering to other believers. That's how your gifts are, are manifested. And they're going to point it out to you. You know, somebody will come to you and say, you know what? You're a really good, that lesson you taught, that was just really blessed me. I just want to tell you, I had to stop you and tell you that how much that meant to me. That's the Lord Jesus using them to confirm that that may be your spiritual gift. Or someone may come to you and say, you know, you always encourage me. Whenever I'm around you, you start talking about the Lord Jesus, and I'm just immediately encouraged. 
that's a way that you can know that that may be your spiritual gift. So that's how you discover these gifts through service. As you minister to other believers, you'll manifest these gifts unconsciously. You're going to manifest them. Sometimes other believers will help you identify them by, you know, how they react to the way you minister to them. Uh, you know, you always encourage my faith or, you know, I'm encouraged by your faith and how you always, you know, seem to just be looking to the Lord, you know, or, you know, um, I see you helping other people in the Lord all the time, or you have the heart of a pastor. You know, these are the kind of things that you'll hear that are little clues and signs that, you know, that may be the Lord telling you what your spiritual gifts are. So spiritual gifts are not the same as talents. It's really important that we understand that talents, you know, uh, you, you may have a talent that you're really good at something. That's not a spiritual gift. People say, oh, you know, that person sings so well and they should use that for God. Well, that's a talent. That is not a spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts are used or manifestations of God, the Holy Spirit, and used to build up the body um, in light of the word of God. Uh, spiritual gifts are for the service and building up of believers. Exercising them will bring you the most joy in your life. If you want to rejoice always, the most joy you're ever going to experience is in the manifestation of your spiritual gifts. When you're manifesting your spiritual gifts and exercising them, you will reach levels of joy and rejoicing that you can't any other way. And that encourages us to, to use them more. And we want to we wanna have opportunity to use them more and to exercise them more. And that's why we fellowship with one another. And that's why, if you notice, fellowshipping with other believers is so sweet and it's so enjoyable because we're basking in one another's gifts. You know, when fellowship is as it should be, that's what we're doing. And when we fellowship with the Lord Jesus, it's the same thing. You know, we're basking in him. And we can do that in one another in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. And um, that's the purpose of these gifts. So God will give you the gifts that you need the most. If you need encouragement the most, God will give you that gift to use for yourself and for others. The exercise of your gifts will bring you closer to the Lord. The closest you can be to him, these gifts will bring you to that point, you know. They are a manifestation of oneness, a, a synchronicity with God, the Holy Spirit. And we get lost in the Spirit, and the Spirit manifests these gifts. So pray that the Lord gives you guidance in how and when to use your gifts and identifying them. Look to him and he will give you confirmation. He'll lead you because he wants you to use these gifts in the service of the body. Another gift I didn't mention that's very important, uh, evangelization. You know, this is the gift of ministering the gospel. Like everybody is charged to minister the gospel, but these people do it on another level. They go all over the world. A lot of times as missionaries or you'll see them, they're always ministering the gospel to someone. And it seems almost effortless. It's just a part of their conversation. And these people have that gift of evangelization. And you'll see, you know, so many people are being saved under their ministry. And it's not because 
Uh, that's their goal. It's just that they're manifesting that gift. They had this gift of evangelization. And um, somebody manifesting that gift may be the reason why you were saved. Maybe uh, I know the uh, pastor my, that I had, um, the guy that ministered to him had that gift of evangelization. And I praise the Lord that he used that gift because uh, many, many people have been blessed because of the, the salvation that came to my pastor and the things that he taught me. And now I am um, attempting to teach others. So it's really important for us to understand uh, spiritual gifts and how to use them. Like I said, this is not an exhaustive study, but I hope that it's helped you in discovering or will help you in discovering your gifts. Hebrews 10.24 basically tells us that we should be using our gifts. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Well, why? Because that gives us an opportunity when we're together, when we interact, to, to manifest our gifts. Uh, so use your gifts. Use them on the phone, in person. It doesn't matter. The spirit is not limited by the form of communication. The gifts are able to transcend space and time. Uh, and that's what's so amazing. Uh, so use your gifts. Uh, we need each other's gifts. We need, to man we need the manifestation of each one another's gifts and the faith and love that result from being... Uh, minister to. Let's close. Father, thank you for your spirit, for God the Holy Spirit and all that he does in us and through us and the patience and the grace that is manifested in him indwelling us and keeping us and comforting us and bringing us unto that full uh, maturity that you've purposed in us. And Father, I pray that you would bless this study, that you would bless those who um, are a part of it, that we would be empowered and encouraged to use the gifts that you've given us to glorify you and enjoy how that it gives us a taste of the eternity that, eternity that awaits us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.